You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, today's shir is uh, dedicated um, to my very close friend who passed away. Um, he's a close friend of many, many people in Klau Yisro. Uh, he was my chavrusa for many years, and he was a koyin. And uh, I spent many, many hours learning with him and speaking with him and, and, and wonderful uh, subjects and topics that he always was able to uh, give me so much in terms of understanding. And he was my friend and in many ways my Rebbe, but um, in many other ways, my brother. And um, maybe that's what Chavrus is supposed to be. Um, and uh, there's not a day that goes by that I don't miss him. And one of the things that he brought to the table for me, Yonis and Benjamin, Ben of uh, Johnny Abraham, Rabbi Yonis and Abraham, was this question. And this question was, and again, I'm not telling tales out of out of school here, um, but you know, I I wished for him um, the utmost uh, happiness, and um, I would have given anything for him. Uh, to be a happy person. And uh, I thought at that time that one of the things that could make him as happy as possible and perhaps help him in his struggle in life uh, and his accomplishments was to be able to get married. Now, he was a Kayan, of course, and uh, he, we were talking about, I guess, I guess we were talking about he was in his... Uh, late 20s, early 30s, uh, maybe sometime uh, more than that. Um, and um, one of the things he mentioned to me was, you know, when I came up with some ideas for him, now, he was not your typical, um, he was not your typical Borough Park person, although he lived in Borough Park. He was very, as, as I wrote in the, that he was shayif, not only for Torah, but everything else that's in that menorah all the chachma of the world. And there were so many intellectual girls and interesting girls that I thought would be a wonderful shidduch for him. The problem, of course, that he presented to me was that because of many of these girls were bali tshuva, so they were usher to him as a koyin because there was an assumption that if they were bali tshuva, that perhaps as, as they had grown up, although they were Jewish, that they had been promiscuous in their youth, and therefore there were issues with them. Um, um, get, of of Yonis and of Johnny getting married to them, because they would even and even if there wasn't necessarily edus, um, there was, was there seems to be, there seemed to have been an assumption on behalf of the Paiskim that a, a girl who was raised in a totally irreligious environment and was in a sense, you know, doing what all the other girls were doing in terms of dating and going out. And he was worried about this issue of Zaina. That's what he was worried about because if you have Almana, Zaina Vachavola, Leikahu, which is the Pasuk for Kehanim. A Zaina is someone who is involved, was involved sexually with someone that it would be also for her to be married to. That's what Rashi Chazal tell us it means. Um, it was interesting that one time um, 
you know, we, we had, you know, discussed uh, the idea of, of, of a convert. And of course, that was also Oster because um, a Giyoyris, no matter what her situation was, based on the strict Talok and the Shulchan Aruch and the Rambam, uh, is Oster with Kahuna. And that meant for, for, for Yoynizen and for many other Kayhanim that they had a huge amount of people that were closed off for them. I think that uh, Johnny's friends that are here uh, with us today, and that is a tremendous schus for me that they are here. Um, the people that were very close to him, um, closer than I was maybe in some ways, uh, in many ways, recognize that you know this was one of the, perhaps it was a tragedy for 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 Yenison in a sense that he wasn't able to find his 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 wife, although there might have been women there that he could have had. But it's something that I think that confronts a lot of situations, uh, situations uh, that are abounding of Kehanim who would be otherwise be able to perhaps have gotten married, but weren't able to. So um, the, uh, this question came up um, in the 80s. Uh, actually, it came up much earlier, but I, I want to show you, I'm going to take it through. Unfortunately, I didn't have... And my other computer, I had the sources very set up. I'm going to sort of give you the, the, the sources based on the tshuva of the tzitzeliezer, and then we're going to work backwards, if you don't mind. So well, let's start with the let's start with the tzitzeliezer, shall we? So I'm going to pull it up here on the uh, on the computer, and I'm hoping everybody's going to be able to see it with the extra power that we have here. Okay. So this was a, a, a Shiloh from America that was the date of the question is around 1986. At that time, uh, you know, somebody can correct me on how old uh, the Tzitzel Yehuda Waldenberg was at the time, but I think he was already uh, quite, uh, he was the Khan Um Many people know uh, Waldenberg in America and in Eretz of course, he Tzitzeliezer was known to be, you know, the most, uh, incredibly thorough, uh, tremendous safer. I think that uh, you know, we, his safer in Hilchos Medina, of course, is a classic. But I think he also much more, you know, than perhaps even some of the other more famous names in terms of medical aloha. I think he was really the Rosh Hamidabrim in terms of. You ever could back me up on this? People who know uh, about the history of Safrus. He, in many ways, was the, the pioneer in investigating modern halachic questions and dealing with them. And, of course, he is very famous for his machaliks uh, and with Ramesha Feinstein in terms of um, terminating um, a Tay-Sax child or other types of situations like that. Um, and many people know that he is far from being, you know, the machmer. Yet in this question, he had to be machmer, and I'm going to read it with you. And you can see what the story was. So um, we we don't know who the Shoel was. Um, I there was a person who I respect very much who was a researcher into halacha and a, a lecturer in halacha uh, who uh, thought that this was a tshuva from one of the today is one of the premier I guess rabbonim in America, Rabbi David Cohen. I do not believe that's the case. I checked it out with his son yesterday, and as I mentioned to 
It doesn't sound like Reb David Cohen signaling. I'm pretty familiar with the way Reb David Cohen writes. Whoever he is, he's a, a hush of a rub in America, it seems. And he wanted to be Matir in this situation. Let's see what the case was. So there was a Bokhar who was a Kayan. And he'd been a Kayan. All right. Now, who is this girl? So it's very important to see the details here. So basically what happened was the husband, the, the father of the girl, uh, had a relationship with a non-Jewish woman. But the non and he in fact had impregnated her beforehand. Then they decided to have Gerus. And this happens, by, by the way, quite often. So what happens is, of course, in this situation, is the woman, uh, even though it's machmas chasnus, whatever it is, but that's if that's oh, if that's only a partial reason, uh, and there's other reasons, of course, the gerus is a gerus kahalocha, assuming there's kabbalos hamitzvahs and everything else. The baby that's growing inside of her, the child, the fetus that's growing inside of her, also doesn't need a separate gerus, because what happens is whether it's uber yerachim or not, what happens is is when she goes to the mikvah, what happens is is that she uh, becomes a Jew, and therefore the child, although technically might not be connected uh, to uh, as a child of that non-Jew of the Jewish husband, of the Jewish father, uh, biologically, at least logically, whether biologically, yes, she's also considered a Jewess at the time when she's born. When she might even be a Jewess in utero, that's not really that's, that's another issue. Okay, so basically, what happened was is that. She comes out that, that she is technically a geoidris, and um, she's technically a geoidris, and she was raised as a Jewish woman, as a Jewish girl. Now, what happened was, is that um, the way I understand it was that she got involved, she grew up, she got involved with a Kayan. From the chuva, it sounds like the Kayan himself had been about chuva and had finally found you know, a girl that was matim to him. And then they discovered in their research that the mother had actually undergone conversion while his fiance, as it would be, um, when, as his fiance was in utero. So basically, he now discovers that the woman he wants to get married to is a uh, is a geoiris. Okay, so the matir basing himself on the Gemara Nivomis. Now again, we could go to the Gemara Nivomis, which is really the right way to do this. The Gemara Nivomis, basically based on the Psukim by uh, Midian, the Gemara proves, because as we know, the uh, women girls that were based on the drosha of, 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 of Rav Huna in the Psukim that the Gemara says is ironclad. It turns out, essentially, and this is going to sound very politically incorrect, it turns out that all the women who were above three, whether they engaged in sexual activity or not, were killed. That's what, that's what the, the, the Psak was for when they came back. This was the Psak that Elozer and Moshe Rabbeinu issued through the Rabboni Shalom after they brought back some of the women from Midian, that all women above the age of three had to be killed. The women 
who were less than three years old, and again, it's based on the drushas and the psukum. I don't want to get into that depth right now. The, based on the drushas and psukum, women that were less than three could be kept or kept to be alive. The pasuk says, "Hichyu lachem," that they should be kept alive for you. So, um, Rav Shimon Bar Yochai says that. Hmm, means that if you have a, 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 a girl who was born a non-Jew, but now she's less than three years old, the gayrus can be a gayrus. Now, again, how you do the gayrus if there's, their mothers are dead and there's nobody there with them, it's another question, but they can become gayrim, they can become converts, and now they would be allowed to live with Everyone, and as 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 Rabbi Shimon says, including Pinchas. Pinchas was also the leader of the attack. He was the he was the spiritual uh, general of the attack in Midian, and therefore Rabbi Shimon says that it would be allowed to have such a girl marry a Kayan. and the reason is is because she's less than three years old. Now, what does that mean? since she's less than three years old. So the, um, here is <laughs> a discussion. Now, so even Rav Shimon Bar Yochai's heter, Shimon Bar Yochai's psak, that that was allowed, is also a discussion. Um, Rashi seems, from Rashi it seems, in the Gemara, that Rav Shimon Bar Yochai says, well, we don't consider that she prob- we don't consider that sexual activity happened to her. Okay. So from that Rashi, it seems to be that the, 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 the point is, and the Ritva makes this clear, that it's very strange, even uh, in a very permissive uh, secular society, or whatever it is, a paganistic society, to assume that a girl less than three would have been involved in sexual activity by anyone. Again, we do have terrible stories that we hear about today, but it would be very strange, especially since you didn't know about it. Um, therefore, um, the gerus is on someone whose body was never, which possibly was never violated. There's an assumption that it, she was never violated. And therefore, when her conversion takes place, uh, takes place before she is three years old, therefore she is now allowed to a Kohen as Pinchas would be allowed. The Rabbonin disagree. The Rabbonin say that, now again, according to Rashi, the reason behind the Rabbonin would be is because you can't assume that. In other words, there's an assumption. This doesn't sound politically correct for today, but remember, we're talking about the people of Midian. We're talking about the non-Jewish world of those days. The, you have to assume that, according to the way, that there was sexual activity that occurred, and therefore she in this she qualifies as a zona, as someone who has been involved in illegal sexual activity in her life, in her life, even though she goes through a gerus afterwards. So the Gemara says, so what does it mean you should keep them alive for you? And the Gemara says, this means that they will be avodim for you. That's all that it means. But Kohanim would not be able to live with that. It means that they are all okay to be avodim. They can become, uh, they can end up having a life that we call it servitude. Uh, It's probably a better life than they would have had in Midian. Let's assume that, uh, just to be correct here. Um, being a, a shivcha in, in the Jewish world isn't necessarily like it is in the antebellum South with terrible, terrible pain and, and, and hurt. However, the point is, is that 
there was no heter for Kohanim. That's the that's the sheet of the Chachamim. I've sort of encapsulated it there. So, as the posek wrote, whoever it was, he says, "True, the Gemara, the Rif and the Rosh, Paskin like the Rabbonah. The field gear is pchusim migimushona masur lekohen." Now, you might wonder why we need to have a psak like the Chachamim and not like Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. If it's true that the Rabbonin agree, Shimon Bar Yochai, as great as he is, isn't able to outdo um, uh, a, um, opinions that the, the robe, the majority. Okay, so the reason is, is because Rav Shimon Bar Yochai's halacha was accepted. And there were places in... Um, Throughout Eretz Yisrael and beyond, in Babel even, where people were pasking Rakhab Shem Yochai. And that meant that Kohanim would be allowed to uh, marry someone who was a Giyoris, who began to become a Giyoris less than three. Now, besides what Rashi says, again, there's another Svara here that, that, that a stranger Rashi doesn't say it, which is that even if sexual activity does occur, we say that that's not really sex. That's weirdness by the person, and that is perversion, but it doesn't have halacha of, of a true sexual act. Uh, we say that a girl was only considered um, a, 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 a sexual being at the age of three. In fact, the, the Gemara says that even the, the hymen penetration that occurs is something that um, Gemara says, besuleha choizrat. That her her that it actually reconstructs itself. I don't know if this is true uh, physically or not, but that is the day of Chazal. So that's another tzad um, to be meikel, like Roshim Reyochai. Even if you don't say like even without Rashi, the way the Ritzvah explains that it has to do with um, the assumption that she probably was not violated. Even if there was a violation, that violation is perversion, and it's definitely we would consider it disgusting and terrible. But it does, it's not necessarily considered a sexual act that means that she has become a zona, right? So that would be, that was part of the svara of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai to be mater, and that was the halacha of Yaakov Bar quotes the great Rabbi Shulam ben Levi. Now, again, I, I could show you the Gemara in front of you, but I think it would take too much time. So bear with me when I say this, that according to uh, Rabbi Shulam ben Levi, who represents sort of a super Amora. I think those of you that are familiar with the with, with Morris know what I'm talking about, uh, and, and I'm sure many of you are. The Rishuv and Levi is an Amora, but sort of more than an Amora. So we have Rishuv Yechai, Rishuv and Levi, and Rabbi Yaakov Baridi, both all, and Rabbi Yaakov saying, yes, that's the way we should paskin. Um, the Gemara says that in Bovo, when Menachem Bar Yitzchok uh, saw that there was a certain, uh, 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 they wanted to be Matar Kohen, to be marrying uh, a Giyaris who had become a Giyaris less than three years old, the Gemara says that Menachem Bar Yitzchok uh, came and he made a big machol. He says, "No, this this will not stand." And the person started saying, "Well, what about Rav Shimon Yochai and Rav Shimon Levi?" And he says, "You know, you keep on talking about that. I am. It says I'm going to be mitzi at miudne. I'm going to just take it out of your ear already. In other words, I'm I'm going to I'm going to really come down hard on you. We do not paskin like that. And because of that, because of Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchok's statement, despite the fact that Rav Shimon Yochai is very logical, Rav Shimon Yochai has a lot of uh, seichel, so to speak, behind him, um, the Renachem uh, Rayitzchok stood against it. And therefore, we needed the Rif and the Rosh, the Paskin like the Rabbon. Um, the Rambam actually has a very strong language about this. The Rambam says 
anyone who's not a Bas Yisrael is Kizayna. So in other words, the Rambam seems to be saying, in order to explain the Chachamim, that it's nothing to do with whether she was engaged in sexual activity or not. It's nothing to do with, right? In other words, according to the opinion of Rashi that seems to be connecting it to what might have happened and what could have occurred, you could perhaps come up with ways to be Mako. Um, and it, it may be even in terms of the Chachamim, that the Chachamim are assuming that she does come from promiscuity, et cetera, et cetera. And therefore, that is what the Torah means when it says Zona. The Rambam, however, says it's, there's no ifs, ands, and buts. It has nothing to do with the, 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 the animalistic proclivities of the other nations. Again, the Magad Mishnah does say that based on Thesis, that we know the non-Jewish world is Shtufei Zima. But the Rambam doesn't say that. The Rambam, if you look at the Rambam uh, objectively, the Rambam says that she's not Bas Yisro. So she's not Bas Yisro. Bas Yisro is a Zayna. That's what it is. So we don't have to go into whether they're Puritans or whatever they are. If she's Eina Bas Yisro, Eina Bas Yisro is Kizayna. Okay. Um, he also quotes the Taisus in Yavomis, but the Taisus in Yavomis actually uses the idea that the Magad Mishnah says that they're Shtufei Zima. That the non-Jewish world is so entrenched in sex that that it doesn't make a difference. You know, their parents, you know, the idea was their parents come from this terrible, ugly society. And that terrible, ugly society is a society that's antithetical to the idea of Kedusha's Kahuna. Um, by the way, um, this question, of course, is, is, is a bigger question than just the question that Tzitz Eliezer is dealing with. It also is a question about whether we are Mati or even someone who comes from a Geir and a Geiris together, or a, 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 um, you know, a, Geir, a Geir and a Bas Yisrael. Again, it's a very complicated sugya, but there are some that take this idea of the Isra Geir to Koyhanim to extend not just to the Geiris herself, but, if, but let's say she is the child of a Geir and a Geiris, or one of the parents was a Geiris, whether that applies to her as well. And part of that, of course, is based clearly on, on the way the Rambam's uh, understanding of coming from that world. Again, you know, others that, you know, you look at the Rambam as this, the Rambam has some very strict shittas here about what it means, the difference between Yisroel and non-Yisroel. Okay. Now, the... Um, the Orach HaShulchan uh, does say that, according to Rashi, um, that the Isser is the Rabbonon if it's less than three. That's according to the Shita. That's the way the Orach HaShulchan explains Rashi. Um, and the reason is because you're not sure. Because obviously, she, even if sexual activity happened, it might not mean anything. And you're not even sure sexual activity occurred. And what the Ritva says, you don't necessarily assume that it did. So therefore, even though the Gemara says it's Osir, Nachman Bar Yitzchak was only expressing uh, an Isra Darabana, not an Isra Daraisa. That is what some say is Rashi's opinion. The Rechashochan does say that. So we definitely, we, therefore we have two opinions, whether it's a Daraisa, like the Rambam, or it's a possibly only a Darabana. The third thing is, is that the Gemara 
in Kedushin, that is the parallel to this Gemara Nivamas, quotes a Pesach in Yecheskel about, uh, and, and this is that part of Yecheskel that is one of the strangest sections. Those of you that are familiar with it know, Yecheskel Memdawa that describes uh, the second, the third, and there's a lot of things there which, which do not align with what we know from the Torah. Again, those that know Tanakh know about this section of Yechezkel. We know how much it's used in, in Halacha as well. But we do try to salvage and use a, a lot of it. So the Gemara says in uh, Kedushan that the opinions about Gerim and, and the heter for, for Kohanim to marry Gerim or children of Gerim Base is based on that pasuk in Yecheskel because it says zera zera mezera base Yisrael kohanim should only take mezera base Yisrael. So the Raivad on the Rambam says that it's not minatora; it's from the pasuk zera base Yisrael. Now, therefore, what did the Raivad mean by quoting this pasuk in Yecheskel? The Rambam says you're a zona; you're not from Yisrael. And the Ravid says, it's Zerah Beis Yisrael, it's a Pasuk in Yecheskel. So it would seem, and the Menchus Kenuch, I think, is correct in this assumption, that the Ravid feels that the Rambam misses the point that the Gemara never right? Even though the Gemara says um, that a Zayna might be a Mishukhreres, a, a Shifcha, who has, perhaps, who we know, engages in a lot of loose sexual activity, However, a gioiris, especially one that's less than three, that she became a gioiris, the only issue here is, is that she's not from Zera Yisrael. That's a divrei, that is a posik in Yechezkel, and that has a, a status called divrei Kabbalah. Now, <laughs> the Ritva, in defending the Rambam's opinion, says, well, you think Yechezkel just made that up? You think that Yechezkel just decided to create an Isser? There were, we know the Bezna Hashmanoyim and others did throughout history did decide certain things were also which were much according to the Torah, but Yechezkel seems to be describing what was standard behavior. And therefore, despite the fact that there's a, it comes from a Pusik in Yechezkel, that just tells you what the Torah means. And that solidifies the Rambam's opinion that anything that's not Yisrael is considered verboten to Kohanim. However, the Menchus Chinuch says, according to the Raivad, it's an, called an Isser Medivrei Kabbalah. It's not an Isser Menatera, it's an Isser Medivrei Kabbalah. Now, what does that mean, an Isser Medivrei Kabbalah? One of the things that we know is also considered like an Isser Medivrei Kabbalah, according to that same Raivad, by the way, although it's the Raivad mentioned in, 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 not in the, on his glasses on the Mishnah Teira, is Tainus Esther. The Raivad says Tainus Esther is is a is a uh, tainus medivrei kabbalah because it says in Megillus Esther divrei so therefore it's more chomer than let's say some of the other tainus. Um, I know that, um, and, and this is really a, a, a discussion about things that whose source are from Tanakh. Do they have a status of a daraisa? For example, in terms of suffic, do we say suffic divrei kabbalah lakul or not? Um, when it comes to things that are from different Kabbalah. Um, Jonathan, I think you, you gave a sheer on this. I think I remember we once talked about this, about different Kabbalah. I think so, right? Jonathan, didn't we talk about this? 
uh, I see you're here. I mean, you don't have to speak up if you don't want to. But I think that we once had a whole discussion about this together a couple of years ago about what does Divrei Kabbalah mean. However, the Shoyal wanted to say that we know that there's a, an opinion that Divrei Kabbalah never get more homer than a Dirabon. It doesn't have the status of a Daraisa. So in order, so what we have here is basically three opinions about what's wrong, three opinions in the Rishon. We'll call it Rambam, the Ravid, and Rashi. So therefore, the Shoel wanted to say that Lachora, you have opinions that hold it's only the Rabbana. Okay, so what's what is the Rabbana? You're not going to be Matir, right? But maybe you would. Why? You're talking here, and again, this sort of reminded me of my, my Chavrus as well. Um, the Bokhar himself was gone through a lot. He was a Koyan, but he'd gone through a lot. He'd gone through difficulty in his life, and he'd come back to find the Rabbani Shalom again. And now he was able to um, find a girl. Now, therefore, and, and the girl herself. So So maybe you could call that Bidiyevid. And therefore, some of the halachos that are true for Bidiyevid should occur here. Now, what does Bidiyevid mean? Bidiyevid means, let's say they're married already. Let's say they go ahead and get married already. We know that there are poskim that say that if a Kohen marries a chalutza, the, 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 we're going to talk about this in a second, Shmuel de Modina, the, the, the Paisik in the 16th century, the Marshtam, says that we're not going to be the Ebed, we're not going to be Motsi him from his wife. So maybe, in a certain sense, this is also in a way a Bidi Ebed, um, because what's going to happen to them? Um, There is a um, another svara that this maker wanted to use, um, and I have to tell you, when I saw this, it brought me back to my eleventh grade um, learning of Masechtas Ksuvis by Rav Heinemann. He should be gesund, and he speaks and he says over this chiddush from Rav Naftali Trump. Rav Naftali Trump, as you can see, he says, "Rimatzinu bigranat biksuvis." So there's all question about how, like we said before, how what happens when a when a ger koton, um, um, you know, comes to Bezdin. In other words, what happens when you have a, a child who, um, you know, biologically, is she not really he or she who she connected to? Um, how do you how do you become? And in this case, we're talking about a, a, similar to our case here with a girl who uh, who was a giyiris, um who gives birth to a child, and now the question is about bringing her to, to for whether she needs to go to the mikveh again. So the Granat says that, as he said, if you see over here, he says, benocharis muberis, let's say she's a non-Jew and she's pregnant and she decides to become a Jew in the state of pregnancy. The yesh bevlad beis kochos. The baby itself has two things. Ger mitzara The baby has a shame, gerus, because the mother went through gerus. So the baby is a gerus. But on the other hand, 
Yisrael mitzad should no lad be Yisraelis. There's, you can't deny the fact that when the Leda occurs, the mother is a complete Yisraelis at that point. So therefore, she has a shame Yisrael already. So therefore, he wants to use this Lumdisha piece, to, which he says the, the Granat invents, to answer a question of Kivega, which is a little bit complicated to get into right now. But then basically, when you have a child like this case, that, yes, on one end, you'll say she's a Giyoyris, but she's not like a regular Giyoyris. She also, because she was born from a Jewess, even though the conception was not that way, she has a shame Yisraelis also. And therefore, he says, even though what the Granat says, none of the Rishonim really say, but it's a sniff to be Mekel. And he quotes a Yershalmi. Yershalmi says that when it, uh, describing uh, what's considered a, uh, the Isra Giyoris, says that the Isra Giyoris is where the Hairosoi and the Leda was not Bikadusha. In this case, the conception was not, but the Leda was. So based on the Granat and also the Yershalmi, and he says, why should we say the Yershalmi argues with the Bavli, even though many Rishonim uh, reject the Yershalmi? But if the Yershalmi is right, the Granat is right, if we're only talking about a Darabona or a Divri Kabola, and it's a Shasatak, so all of these things should allow us to be maker. Then he gets in the, this posek, and we don't know who he is. It's not Rav David Cohen, <laughs> but whoever it is, um, the, the Tzitzeliezer refers to him as a chosid and parish. He refers to him as a, as a, great, as, as a great person. So I, I am not sure, uh, I'm not sure who it is. Uh, there's probably people who could, you could probably figure it out uh, who they are, who it is. Um, but then he comes up with, he mentions um, the Marashtam that I mentioned before. Um, the Marshtam says, and, and this really is relevant to many of the questions about rebuilding the Beis HaMikdosh and, and, or rebuilding the Mizbeach and other questions, do we have Kohanim today? Now, clearly, it's to, to, to give a Kohen a Rishon and, and to make him bench first and other things isn't really a problem because those are called Kohane Chazoka. So the Marshtam says, however, that there's been such a bilbul that in terms of the, for example, in Marshtam's case, forcing, forcing a get. Okay, I'm going to just, let me just. Okay. So anyway, the Marshtam is talking about a case, as I said, when a Kohen married a Chalutza, which is an Isra de Rabona. So, the Marshtam said, I have a heter not to force this person to divorce his wife because who says he's a Kayan? Who says a person is a Kayan? Things have gotten so weird in our goals that we're not sure if people are Kohanim. So therefore, the, um, as we've talked about about Shuba, as you can see here, and in America, the Yechusi Kahuna are not Muvurorim Koltzorachim Bekerev Yehudim. Because unless you have somebody, now this wasn't the case I don't think uh, Benny and, and, and Ruby, I think, will back me up on this. I don't think you can say this about our our our, our Chavar Yonason, of course, was a second generation 
a person from Europe, and I assume that uh, that Irv had uh, a, a very starke chazoka that he was a Kayan, but this Shoyal wanted to say about American Kayhanim, who had been in America for a number of generations, that maybe it's possible, not really Kayhanim. So therefore, as he says, that that this posek, this American posek, whoever he was, wanted to say that perhaps you could say he's not really a Kayan. And if he's not a Kayan, so therefore, that should, you should add that. It's almost like a Svek Sveka. Suffolk, if he's a Kayan. And even if he's a Kayan, who says there's an Isra Daraisa? Might only be an Isra Darabonim, right? Um, and even if it's an Isra Darabonim, maybe we can say like the Grand the Yershalmi, right? So anyway, he wanted to use all of this to be Mako. And the great Mako himself, from the Tzitzeliezer, as you can see, as we are scrolling here, says, look, um, I saw what you wanted to do, but unfortunately, he says, um, you can't do it. He says, We can't allow it, this Bokhar. And I see you'd like to, but I can't allow it. Um, first of all, you said you want to say that there's a that he's he's this Kohen was Muxik. Despite the fact that he came from he was a Balchuva, his family was known to be Kohanim. So you can't use that. You can't use the Marashtan. Um he also says that you know you're mentioning Rashi, you're mentioning the Ravid. Rashi and the Ravid are great when you learn a Pasugi. But when it comes to Halacha, Halacha is Nikva based on the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch. And the Shulchan Aruch follows the Rambam in terms of those Lashonis. Now it's true, the Beishmu and others talk about the Shita of Rashi and they talk about the, the possible Durabonim. But you can't necessarily uh, just download and say, okay, well, there's, there is these Shitas Rishonim, maybe we should use them in this, in this situation. He also says that even despite the Yershalmi, we know Klor that this was Hayrosai uh, Shalei Bikdusha. And um, he quotes a number of number of Achronim that clearly indicate that you know, we don't take that Yershalmi and we don't give it any significance as far as that goes. So therefore, he says this is not a case of Bidiyevit either. The fact is that, that, that uh, um, it's called Shas Atchak. He says, how can you call this Shas Atchak just because he was a broken fellow and now they found themselves? He says, Let's say you give them this Psak and you let them, or you, let's say they get married on their own. He says, they're going to basically live their whole lives knowing that what they are doing is incorrect. And based on the, the, what it says, is to force a divorce in this case. So it's not called Bidiyevet. And he says, what, what really happened here? Okay, they got engaged. Okay. And, but they're coming to you now that they discovered the problem. So in, in you, in, you're supposed to say, should they go on and, and, and have the marriage? 
So the Tzitz Eliezer says, Yesh l'dabra alibam. She usuli parid zemizel l'tevosam l'tevos that tzitzayim she evolved like that. A rav needs to have an ability, not necessarily to speak halachically, but to use halacha to inform the type of, um, I guess what you would call it is uh, this. Um, I don't know. It's not called parsonage, but I guess it's called uh, um, chaplaincy to be able to speak in a way that it's for their best. And to tell them, and again, look, the Rabbani Shalom is in charge of your life. He brought you back. The same way he brought you back from where you were, and you'll be able to find, uh, hopefully, what you need. Okay. So that is the sock of the Tzitz Eliezer. Um, now, um, the Tzitzeliezer then mentioned something that it has been used to be makel. And I have to say that when I went through this chuba today, I can realize how this is probably a big favorite for many who want to talk about how halacha can sometimes bend for an important situation. Now, before I read this uh, section to you, and I'm going to read it to you from the from the safer itself, and I think it's, it bears, it's, it's worth reading and talking about. I just want to tell you, the end of the story was that once this Rav got the Psak from the Tzitz Eliezer, um, what they did was they went through the Sugya together. In other words, the Balchuva, the, the Bokhar, the Kohen, as you can see here, Shalomad Oisah Be'iyun Rav. So in other words, they went through the tshuva, they went through the sources. The boy came to understand, despite the fact that this seemed to be a perfect girl for him, why it was wrong. And therefore, he was makabo. And he was able to speak to his, his fiance, so it would be. And she also understood. And obviously, was a certain, there was a certain, uh, it, was, it was pathos and it was sad. But they were able to separate. And according to the Tzitzeliezer's end of the story, he says, don't worry, readers, they each found other people to get married to. Okay, so that's the story ended, I guess. <laughs> Who knows? But I guess that would be a good ending. Hollywood ending or not, I don't know. However, um, you know, um, I, I, I want to spend the, the rest of the, just the last time that we have remaining here talking about this tshuva of Yehuda Leib Tzirosin. So I'm going to um, show you where that is. And like I said, so let me show it to you. And here is the um, Rev Tzirosin. Um, up here. And I have to say that this tshuva is an, a very incredible uh, historical document. And I hope everybody can see it all right. Now, Reutelay Tsirosin is one of the most interesting figures of, um, and I should say, uh, Benny, I don't know if you'd agree with me. I, I, I think I've referred to him in the past as Hashem Yikum Doma because I think he was killed by um, 
by by German uh, air, German planes that strafed uh, the city where he was. So he was definitely killed by the the German forces. Um, he didn't die necessarily in a roundup, uh, but but they were bombing and, and killing people indiscriminately, knowing that there were Jews there. And he was, in a way, he was there at the beginning of the Zionist, um, uh, the first Congress of, 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 of the first Zionist Congress. And he came in a sense to be sort of like a rabbi slash reporter. And he ended up writing articles about it. And he ended up deciding to move away from uh, from the Mizrahi, I think officially he was one of the. Uh, um, he was officially part of the Mizrahi. Uh, he was an incredible, very, very, very knowledgeable fellow in terms of writing. And um, uh, Bessarabi, I think this is where he was uh, the rub of, which I believe um, is uh, um, again the. Yes. Very influential. He wasn't. He was a very influential writer. Um, he wrote. I, I discovered him when I was doing uh, research on the history of early Zionism. He had written articles in Hapelis, which were like he really took apart the what he saw as a lot of the hypocrisy and a lot of the the wrongheadedness. Uh, and he was one of the key architects of the Aguda and establishing the Aguda. Anyway, uh, he's a wonderful writer, wonderful stylist. And um, again, let, let the document speak for itself. Benide Nara Neutris, okay. Pusimibasut Cheshona, Bibnois Maruma Maoritz. Now, this was Naftali Rota. Uh, Benny, you might know uh, where he was. He was in Rushed, um, Rushchuk uh, in Bulgaria. Again, I'm not sure what, it, what we would call it today, but. Um, and uh, it sounds like he was, uh, you know, known as a rov of the city. And he sent this question to Rav Tzirosa. What happened was that there was a, uh, a, a, a girl who was less than 18. Uh, she was a, a Bas Yechida. And she decided to become a Jewess. And her parents were okay with it, um, which was itself unique. That, that a non-Christian a family should allow their daughter to become a Jew. She was seemingly from an aristocratic family. She was, for about two years, she was a real from nice girl. Uh, and then they decided to set her up with a Jewish boy from over there in Bulgaria. Um, when they came to Ravrota to, to, to have the chuppah, so what did they find out? And... Um, They've already, you know, they, they, they were going to make the wedding. They had all the things set up. And they, they just wanted him to be the officiator. So when Rav Rata looked into it, he saw that the, that the, the boy was a Kayan. So he said, um, I, I, you're a Giyaris. We, we can't have this marriage. So they, said, so they said, what, what? I said, look, we have to push off the chuppah. However, the whole city, and I guess the city heard about it. She came from this non-Jewish family. The whole city started tumbling. Harash Godel Kolkach, that everyone said that, first of all, now it's clear that not everybody in this, the city, many of the people in the city already, already become what we would call more of a, I'm not sure what the word is, but more enlightened. 
and more um, more open society, when they heard that the rabbi said they can't get married, that come kolom, they wanted to they wanted to they wanted to fight the rabbi. How can he come up with this ridiculous chumrah? Not let this couple get married. It's such a big cover that she became part of our 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 family of, of our Jewish religion. You're not going to let her get married. And not only that, the non the Jews decided to turn this into a cause celebra. They decided to tell the Neitzrim Hamakaimim about what happened. And what happened then? Because remember, if they had to explain it, they had to go through the psukim. And they had to say that this was what's known as a zoina, right? Now remember, people who don't accept the Rambam's very uh, formulaic uh, description here, no, no, zona means you're not from Bas Yisrael. doesn't mean you're a whore. <laughs> but of course, when people heard that, that they're calling our daughter a zona, right? Um, and, and everybody knows that this family, right, this, this was what it was. It wasn't just a pure halachic definition. The fact that it was, again, if they would have had the rivet that it has to do with a different Kabbalah, it's one thing. But of course, when they looked in the Shulchan Aruch, the sources were that this was Nus, Zona. So therefore, uh, this caused the, um, uh, a whole rush among the non-Jewish community. Now, Rav Tzirilson was very worried. Now, again, what year this was written, I don't know. But we do know that anti-Semitism was definitely on the rise. Not only on the rise, it was in its, <laughs> it was in its strength that there had been a number of pogroms, a number of terrible things going on. And they didn't need much to rile things up. So the, when the boy realized that he wasn't going to be able to get this wonderful girl, um, he said, this is what you want? You know what? I'm, I'm going to convince her. We're both going to go back to Christianity, just like where she comes from. And you know what? I'm going to go baptize myself, and that's where I can get married. Because we found each other. This is true love. Okay. Um, so the Rav, Rav Rata, didn't know what to do. He says, the anti-Semitism is growing. It's going to be a chilu Hashem. Whatever I say, it's going to be interpreted terribly. So um, I, I, I got them to stop. I said, look, I am going to send something to someone bigger than me. I'm going to send it to Rav Tzirosin. He's the Rav of the Sarabia. He's like the Rav of the whole area, I guess. So he can give the Psak about this. So Rav Tzirosin wrote that um, he says, look, I have to tell you that this disgusts me in a way. I, I can't believe I'm being asked to do this because we know this is the halacha for so many years, thousands of years, this has been the halacha since the time of Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak. And, but the truth is, our times are so much different than any other times. We haven't had times like this, he said. True, halacha was one way. But the world has, this is a, a situation that has never, has, hasn't happened in the world. And there's an osana masukan. And we know that there is something that could happen here. There could be pogroms, there could be mass killings. Therefore, despite my feelings that we need to follow halacha, 
I'm going to keep my feelings in check and try to deal with this. Rav Tirosin then brings sources all over from Shas and other places where Isurim get pushed away for bigger reasons. Things that we know are usher get pushed away either because, and he goes through his whole theory here, that it has to do with the big picture. And the big picture, he ends up saying, isn't just about saving Klal Yisrael, like we talk about Esther and other situations like that. But it has to do, and in the famous Gemara in Brochus, that there's an Isser of freeing a slave, and yet Rebbe Lazar freed his slave in order to make a minion. Now, the Gemara doesn't say he didn't make a minion. The Gemara says mitzvah the rabbim, and the way it's interpreted in, 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 by some Rishonim is a mitzvah that that person could accomplish, that Rebbe Lazar wanted the schus of being makabah, a, a bigger mitzvah, meaning he would do an Isser the Rabbanon, an Isser the Rais, I'm sorry, in order to have a bigger mitzvah take place, which is not only the mitzvah of everybody davening but Tzibor, but that he would be the mezaka of the Tzibor. So Tirosin says, you see, that it isn't just about saving the rest of the world doing an Isser. Even if you are going to fulfill things in a greater way, that if there's a choice between one Isser here and a great mitzvah that you will be able to fulfill, you can be docha your Isser to fulfill that great mitzvah. And he therefore says that, and again, he has another proof from, from Pru or Ravu, um, that, we, that we, we free the Eved in order that he can fulfill a mitzvah of Pru or Ravu, which of course is a great mitzvah for him, even though it's somebody else. He talks, he brings a, 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 a raya from Anachla Shiva that they allowed uh, there was a, a person who was being uh, a person who left Judaism, that they had a right to chase him, even though he wanted to leave Judaism. He wasn't kidnapped. They were able to get on horses to go and chase him and bring him back because this could save his life. This could change his life. If he really becomes part of the Christian church, then he won't be able to live a life of Torah. We can do these Yisurim in order to save him from a life of terrible, uh, of Averis's whole life. So, so he says that even if it's your, even, even if it was the person's fault that he wants to do Averis, but we can still do a smaller Avera in order to save a person from a life of bigger Averis. Um, quotes a number of other Shubas about this as well. So he says, If you can go and do an Avera, like riding horses, going outside of the Trum, in order to save someone from Averos. So usually you say you don't do an Avera to save someone else, but, in, but if what that person is going to do is so immense that we look at your Avera as being less, Kalvachomer in our case, we're not talking about saving someone else. We're talking about saving this couple. That if they have, they have said that if they don't, if they can't get married, they're just leaving Judaism. So, and we know in this generation, that is a reality. So therefore, 
So even if you want to say, like the Shita Saramba, that it's an Isser Daraisa, but we are going to save them from a life of irreligiosity because they have determined that they, this, this upsets them so much, they're just going to give up. And they're going to go back, she's going to go back to being a Christian the way she was, and he's going to join her. So how can we not be, be matir this or, or do this if we're going to be saving them to be part of Klau Yisrael? And he says it isn't just that they're going to, as Christians, they're not going to keep any Torah. But if we keep them as Jews, maybe they weren't exactly from the Haredim, but they're going to be doing mitzvahs. They're going to be part of a Jewish life. And every single day, there's going to be more and more mitzvahs that you're going to be able to do for them. And then he brings a raya that even that if we're able to be mezaka them and doing many more mitzvahs, that's also. So as he says that, first of all, we're saving them from all the averis they're going to do. And we're giving them so many mitzvahs that they can do. And as I said, he brings the raya from the case of, 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 of freeing the Eved. The mitzvah the rabbim doesn't mean for the sake of other people. Rabbi Lezer himself was able to be docha, the mitzvah saseh, of freeing his eved, because it says, well, il bem tabodu, because of a bigger mitzvah, the mitzvah of being a mezaka the rabbim. So it's, it's, it's about, not about what the community is, Rav Tzirilson says, it's about you yourself. So he says that, he also says, and could be that's the reason why we allow someone to, and again, this is a very shvacha raya in my mind, but again, he says that we, we allow a person to, to uh, be motzi zerilavatola to see if he's a tzuadak or not. In other words, there's a way to determine whether a person um, is, is considered someone whose genitals are crushed to the point that he can't marry uh, a, a regular Jewish woman. And the way you prove that is, is that you have to be Mozi Zera. So he has to sort of, as we say, get involved in sort of like a masturbation in order to do that. And he says that we allow that, even though it's also because this is a way to determine that he can now become part of Klal Yisrael. So there's an Avera, but there's a schus, which allows him to be married into Klal Yisrael. Um, so he then says that when it comes to our case, we have a right to connect the Shita of the Raivad the sheet of the, the way the, they learn up in Rashi, that it might be the Rabbanan, if you don't know that she has been violated before she was three. So in other words, not like the Tzitz Eliezer, <laughs> that you can't view these, these other Rishonim and put them on the page. He says, we do have a right to deal with these other Rishonim who say it's only the Rabbanan or Divrei Kabola. And therefore, you don't need any, it, it seems to be clear that if it is an Isser the Rabbanan, according to many Shittas, that we should be Doha that Isser because of their whole life, which is going to be full of essays and low essays, etc. There's another reason, though. He says, because of the times. Nira de Benidon Didon 
Hayotze betachos mesidre achayim arigilim. This to me, I've never, again, those of you who are familiar with halachic material, this is a, such an unusual <laughs> description. He said, there's another reason we need to be mako because what's happening now, what's happening, and I guess this is in the 1920s or perhaps 1930s or maybe before, within the, the first 30 years of the 20th century, what's going on here is something that is unusual in normal social life. Something is happening here that is different from Chaim Arigilin. There is something going on where we can be massacred, where there, all we need is some sort of publicity. The, the agents of, of newspapers and other things that will spread this idea are so strong that there can be this, this eruption where it isn't just you know, a bunch of hooligans and thugs. What can happen is and the, this, this, this bomb of anti-Semitism is so powerful that whatever it is, so that is something that has never happened. At least we're very familiar with it, unfortunately, as we know. But Cyrilson said, there's never been anything like this where the smallest event can be amplified to the point that it can turn into the story. So in other words, this is meta halacha completely. Up until now, he was basically taking a halachic approach. This is saying that if this is something that because of what's going on, it could be, it could destroy us if this goes out, that we didn't allow the marriage. There's a sakana. So therefore, even if you hold that, all right, um, that the... Um, we don't. They both decided if they if they decide they want to go back and become Christians, that's their own choice. But here we're talking about the suffix of pikuach nefesh for our community. So therefore, he tells Rota that he can make a chup and kedushin, but he needs to tell them that this is a hiroa shaw because this was a terrible shasatchak, and we needed to be matir. And therefore, don't use this to be makel in any other case. Um, and he also says, you, you have to say, she is a geirist. You don't have the case. It's not like it's in Eliezer's case. But he says, therefore, you need to tell the boy that he is, uh, you have to tell the boy that he is not going to be able to um, uh, be a, a, he can't daven, he can't, do Berchus Kohanim anymore, uh, his kid, children will be puzzled, but this was the heter of the, the of Rav Tzirosim, and he told Rota to be matir. Okay, so just to uh, end here, this again, just, just to bring this to you, I think is worth it. However, this was not the end of the story. Tzirosim was attacked when this was printed. I don't have the dates of the printing here in front of me because I was preparing it uh, a little bit uh, in a hurried fashion, but I will show you that um, from that. He says it's true that Rav Tzirosin was mater, Giyaris Tevakoyim. Um, and he does use these, the Rabbon and Shittas. And he says it's a Roshah and a Shah Satrach. But the whole Oivim was against him. They went, but could contrast him with Fosim, 
And again, those of you that could, you could probably look it up, there were all people who wrote all bunch of uh, uh, letters and 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 and, and marochas against Ratzirosin for coming out with such a hetter. In fact, he needed to defend himself, um, and he, he wrote a second tshuva why he had to defend himself. What he did um, that. So, therefore, one has to be very careful, again, as you can see, and this was, you know, uh, you'd have to do your research on this, but clearly to go out there and try to, to be a um, courageous posek, as Ritzirilson wanted to be for this situation, um, it came at a heavy price, and clearly, you know, he perhaps regretted it, I can't tell you whether that's true or not, but it was definitely something that that you have to be extremely, people were very worried about this becoming a precedent, I would assume, the other Rabbanim. Despite the fact that Sirosin says that it was only the certain big, big Shasatrak, these are situations where you give them an inch, then they take a mile. Who the they is, is perhaps another story, but that is what Poskim are worried about. Um, now, um, Another thing here, which I'm just going to end with, Rav, the Tzitzeliezer says, there's another way out. And that is, you talked about whether the, the, the whether he's a Kayan or not, whether, you know, just America, those Kohanim don't count. He says, there are, there is research you can do about people's mothers. Um, and it's possible that she might have, for example, she might have been puzzled, right? That's something you can do. Um, and I, I believe, and again, I didn't get a chance to look it up, but I believe, you know, Benny, you, you mentioned this before, that this is something that, in, in the tshuva that came to Rav Meisha, uh, about, I guess, a similar type of case, or a case like this, there was a question about perhaps the mother of the Kayim Again, you can you can speak about it more than again. I didn't see it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I think she confessed with adultery. Is, uh, is in the case words, of In the case of Ramosha, again, we talked about a Kohen who wanted to marry a Giyaris, and he could perhaps believe his what his mother had said that his mother had had not that he was the product of that adulterous relationship that would make him a mamzer, right? Or is that what it was? Or that, or that she was a halal. Uh, no, 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 no. She was a halal. She's a halal, and therefore he's not really a kayan. Uh, and therefore, well, he's more to the gear, so. that he's a kayan halal, and therefore he'd be married. Yeah, and therefore, right, that might be some stodim. So those are ways that that you could perhaps deal with this without without saying. And again, I think that's why you know, it, it, that's why it's easier to do that than to be to just as be somach on 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 Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. Um, I, I should tell you that there has been, uh, again, I don't know this to be true, but students of Rav Moshe Feinstein have written that Rav Moshe was matir in this case. I, I don't know. Again, I have to do my research to find out whether this is true. And the, some, the same students have quoted that, that it was pushed that Rav Chaim Oizer, who was considered the I guess the, the premier Das Torah in Europe uh, before the war, Chaim Gurjansky of, of Vilna, that he also had written in, in, in an article that this was something that you can be matir. 
Um, I don't know any of that uh, to be true, but it sounds like this is this isn't uh, it, some of this stuff has been going around. Um, and uh, I, I will say that uh, just to be messiah, that there is a, a you know we talk about kedushas kilechem elehov huoichel. And yet we don't have a base amikdosh, but I think part of this, when we think about why we impose what could be seemingly a cruel fate, especially in today's time, when you're talking about a shidduch world where it's hard to find, and and, and who are these eltera kehanim going to marry? Um, I, I don't know if it's any nechama, but I think what's interesting is is that these isurim apply even though there's no base amikdosh because in a sense, the Kedushas Kayin is something that is, is extremely powerful, despite the fact that there's no Beis HaMikdosh to, for it to operate within, whether it's Birchas Kayhanim or even if the person has never done Birchas Kayhanim at all. Even if he's someone who, as we saw, you know, came back from years of not keeping Torah and Mitzvahs, Kedushas Kahuna is something that, 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 that is, is, is a reality, this, whether there's a Beis HaMikdosh or not. And that is something which I think... It, fealty to it is, is not only a belief in the in, in the fact that that is going to be reestablished and that that's still true despite the fact that there's no building and there's no avoida. I think for my friend Yenison, I think it was also despite whatever issues he was going through and despite whatever difficulties that he had in his life he recognized that, that what was coursing through him was this Kedushas Kahuna and that was something that um, he felt that one, wherever they were holding, couldn't in any way compromise on. And um, to be able to feel that within you, despite everything else that's going on, and despite the necessity of life and the difficulty, but to realize that there's a certain kedusha inherently that you have that, that somehow is inviolate, and that you're not going to be able to, to, to shift and change and alter and, and be so much perhaps on coolest or at least find yourself despite other compromises that you make to me it, it's part of the greatness uh of 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 in, in particular but in general that that kaihanim and, and we have that we know even though there's no place to practice it even though it doesn't seem to have necessarily i mean you get the aliyah first and you say perhaps but the idea when it really push comes to shove, where, where it's going to change your life and it's maybe going to force you into, into a whole different type of life that, that, that others have that you can't have, then I think there's a, a great nobility, there's a great beauty, there's a great power to that. And um, that to me, um, despite that he's gone, I think that allows me to, to get inspiration of yeah, Kedusha's Kahuna and Kedusha's Yisrael. And it's something I think that, you know, if he could hold on to that reality and, and, and feel it as strong as that, I think that that to us should be a, a very a way to also hold on, even though there doesn't seem to be any any, any manifestation, whether it's Kedusha's Yisrael or, or whatever our top kid is. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 